Hi, guys. Welcome back to Vox Tablet, the weekly podcast of Tablet Magazine. I'm Julie Subrin. Today, a historian looks back at her own mother's difficult life. When Marilyn Luft arrived in New York as a teenager back in 1914, she had big plans to meet a man and start a Jewish family and to earn enough money to bring the rest of her family over from Latvia. By the 1930s, however, she had little to show for her years in America. She'd been slaving away in garment factories, living in rented rooms, and clinging to a manipulative playboy who refused to marry her. Meanwhile, her family remained stuck in Latvia, even as Hitler's armies marched east and made their escape a matter of life and death. In a new biography, Lillian Federman, Luff's daughter, recounts her mother's travails. Federman is an award-winning historian, best known for her books on lesbian history and for her first memoir, Naked in the Promised Land. In her new book called My Mother's Wars, Federman draws on her skills as a historian, but also as a remarkably empathic daughter, to piece together her mother's life story in all she endured. Here's Lillian Federman in conversation with Tablet Managing Editor Wayne Hoffman. Lillian Federman, welcome to Vox Tablet. Thank you. Good to be here. It's great to have you. Tell us a little bit about your mother, who's the focus of the new book, as you knew her when you were growing up, but also as you came to know her while you were writing the book. My mother came to America in 1914, and that was a huge discovery as I was doing research for the book because I had always thought she came in 1923 with uh, one of my aunts. The reason she let it be known that she came in 1923 is that she hid her age from everyone, including me, but I was able to find the ship's manifest on which she came. My mother always seemed to me as I was growing up as a very sad person. Uh, She seemed very pathetic, and it took writing this book for me to understand the various ways in which she was victorious over life. And I didn't understand that, I think, until I began writing the book. Your mother came over in 1914 alone. How old was she when she, she came over? She was 17 years old, as I discovered in my research. And where was she born? In a little shtetl called Prail. It's now called Praley. They've taken the Latvian name back, but at that time it was called Prail, and it's uh, in Latvia, of course. And when she came to America, what was she expecting to find, and, and how did it match up with what she actually found? I think she had really naive expectations. Uh, she had told me once that she knew somebody who had a sister who came to America and was on the Yiddish stage, and she was very graceful, and she loved to to dance, and I, I think she had vague ideas about becoming a dancer, or becoming a somebody, as you couldn't in in Prail in the early twentieth century if you were Jewish. She got a job in the garment industry in nineteen fourteen, and there she remained until I was fourteen years old, in fact, which was in nineteen fifty four. Now her story is not the sort of standard immigrant success story that we might have become used to. You know, someone comes to America, they make it 
big or they at least become comfortable. Your mother worked hard to make a living from the time she arrived. She was in the garment factories and she did earn enough money to send back to her family in Latvia. But as a single woman in garment factories, she could never make enough to actually bring them over as she originally hoped. And by the time their situation became really urgent, it was too late for her to save them. Do you think her experience as an immigrant was typical of the time? I think it was very hard to to save anyone during the 1930s from anywhere in Europe unless one had a significant amount of money and a lot of luck. It wasn't simply money. You also had to have luck. There was a, a lottery of people who would permit, be permitted to uh, enter this country and if you had a high lottery number, you were unlucky. So I, I, I think no matter what her efforts were she couldn't have been successful in in bringing her family. They were tailors. They were poor. There was no way for for her to achieve success. But I don't think she ever fully understood that. I think she blamed herself all through my childhood in very dramatic ways. From what she told you when you were growing up, is regret something she grappled with on a constant basis? It it was more than. Regret. My mother um, was so felt so guilty about what had happened that she had occasional psychotic episodes. It was a tremendous amount of of guilt. There's a there's a point in the book where you also talk about feeling anger at her at some point over the choices she'd made. Yeah, I, I think I I grew up feeling angry with her over her poor choices. She had been with the man who became my father for eight years before I was born. It was fairly quickly clear from what she told me that he would not marry her, and yet it was a true love affair, and I tried to present it as, as that in the book, certainly on her part. It, and a it passionate was, love it, affair. A passionate love affair, yes. Now, a lot of what's in My Mother's Wars are – memories that your mother shared with you. You talk about how many stories your mother told you. Some of them are shockingly personal and intimate, particularly a lot about her her sexual life, um, her romantic life, and also very personal feelings about her family and this crushing guilt. How much of this came from conversations you had with her directly when you were growing up as opposed to things you found out from her sister later on when you were an adult? She she told me a lot about her romantic life, not about her sexual life. That, of course, I I had to imagine. Um, I, I grew up um, living with my mother in a furnished room by a missus, it used to be called, and uh, she had no one else to talk to. It was a very intimate kind of situation. And when you were a child, were those conversations uncomfortable? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think for a child they're uncomfortable. You, you don't know that they're not usual kinds of conversations. Uh, so it, who knew that it, it wasn't the kind of conversation <laughs> that you'd have in every family? Right. Now, but I, I think that she, she kept few secrets from me. She kept her age from me, but I think that was the only secret she kept from me. And I think that she um, 
she probably vowed very early on to keep her age a secret because the man who uh, was ultimately my father was 10 years younger than she was, and I don't think she ever told him. But uh, when she died, I I, um, went through her papers, and among them I found her naturalization papers, and it was so touching to me. She must have uh, told the truth when she became a citizen, but she took an ink pen. There was a place that said something, uh, uh, asked for the age. She took an ink pen and went over the typed age. (laughs) And so I couldn't read what was underneath, but I could see that she had changed the number to something that was more to her liking. (laughs) It seems that you have um, two narratives going on in the book. One about your mother trying to get her family out of Latvia before it's too late, and the other about your mother hoping to have a child, another thing that's foiled at many points along the way. But we know from the outset that your mother will have a child because it's you. (laughs) And we also know pretty early on that she's not going to succeed in getting her family out in time. So on the one hand, we have something we know will end in tragedy and something we know will end on a wonderful note. As a writer, how do you pair those narratives and also build any kind of tension when we already know the outcomes of those two narratives? Well, I I don't think she knew the outcome of the first narrative. I don't think she knew that no matter what she would do, she wouldn't succeed in bringing her family over. I I want the reader to live through with her and, and with me as the narrator what she would have done to make those efforts. I also want the reader to understand what American Jews would have known in the 1930s about what was going on in Europe. And they, they would have known an awful lot. As, and where would as your I mother showed. have gotten that information? From the, newspapers? The Yiddish papers. She got letters from her brother who told her what was going on um, from the beginning, he he knew that there was something to fear. Uh, the uh, the prime minister of Latvia wanted to be called uh, the Donis, which is the equivalent of Führer. Uh, there were anti-Jewish laws, and she she would have known all of that through her brother. Now, my mother's wars ends with your birth. But your earlier memoir, Naked in the Promised Land, covered much of your mother's life after you were born. And it makes it sound like your relationship was, let's say, contentious, to say the least. (laughs) She comes off as sort of a suffocating presence and sometimes a psychologically destructive mother. And you were the rebellious child to end all rebellious children. You dropped out of school. You were posing for girly magazines. You were running off to different cities with strange women. How long did it take? as an adult, for you to develop uh, enough empathy for your mother and what she'd been through to change that relationship? It, it took a very long time. I, I think the empathy started when I had to really think about her when I was writing Naked in the Promised Land, my memoir. But it wasn't complete even then. I didn't understand even then how heroic she was. I don't think I was sufficiently sympathetic even then. It it took more thinking. Naked in the Promised Land came out in 2003, so it took from then until I completed my mother's wars 
which uh, was about a year ago. It took all of that time, all of that thinking to understand that this was a woman to whom I owe awe. She was really incredible to come here virtually by herself as a 17-year-old in 1914. She had a half-sister who was 20 years older than she was, whom she'd seen once when she was five years old. She stayed briefly with the half-sister and uh, her brother-in-law. What what courage that must have taken. And then to just keep slogging ahead to support yourself as a, a draper in, in a garment factory or many garment factories year after year. How remarkable that is. And of course, the the crown of that remarkability is the fact that she dared to have a child at the age of, uh, she was almost 44 when I was born, to have a child at her age alone, out of wedlock, and to support the child, no matter how difficult things were for her. That was remarkable. And it, it took me all these years to understand that. And I, I, I think that's... Uh, I think that my book, of course, is very personal, but I'm I'm hoping that there's something universal in there as well. How important it is to to see things from a parent's perspective, and how hard that was for me until I began writing about her. Now, as you wrote in your earlier book, *In Naked in the Promised Land*, your own life story in some ways is similarly full of obstacles, financial, romantic, professional, personal. What lessons did you glean from your mother's story, consciously or unconsciously, that helped you navigate those obstacles in your own life? I had always thought that she was a negative role model. And so I I think I always told myself I would not make the mistakes that she made and i've i've had a wonderful life i've i've had a, a a wonderful career i've i've had a wonderful romantic and personal life um i haven't had her difficulties as a kid it looked like i might but i i found ways out of it i found ways to not have those difficulties and i was very Lucky, you know, she would always say to me when I complained about whatever obstacle there might be, she said, but you're an American. And she was right. I, I was very lucky to have been born here and to have the advantages one has being born here, the advantages of the American educational system, for instance. You know, who would think a kid who grew up in a, a, a furnished room uh, whose mother worked in the garment industry, could get a Ph.D. from UCLA, but it could happen. Lillian Federman, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. Lillian Federman is an acclaimed historian and memoirist. Her new book is titled My Mother's Wars. It's just out from Beacon Press. We'd love to know what you thought of today's conversation. Email us at podcast at tabletmag.com or post a comment on the site. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm Wayne Hoffman. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll join us again next week.